Talk Zone presents Motivation with a Purpose Radio, the show that highlights the inspirational stories of people from all walks of life. Now, bringing you real inspiration, here are your hosts, Rich Hallstrom and Zeke Bambolo. Welcome to Talk Zone, the home for motivation with a purpose every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, where we attempt to inspire, motivate, and challenge you to live and work with purpose. I'm Rich Hallstrom, and my co-host, Zeke Bambolo, is once again by my side. We have a great show planned for you today. Kathleen Beatty, CEO of Safety Chick Enterprises, is our very special guest, and we're going to talk about school safety specifically students going off to college, but we're going to broaden that subject out to cover all students. Now we want to take a moment to remind you about where you can find us on Facebook at MWP Radio AM, on Twitter at MWP Radio Man, and of course right here on the Talk Zone Talk Channel. School, of course, is back in session. Uh, thank God for some parents. I know, Zeke, you had a couple experiences uh, this week of getting the kids off to school. Always a fun time. Oh, yes, indeed. And we've gotten spread apart a little bit. So my wife and I have been playing the, uh, uh, how do you call it, the the tour uh, guide just about, you know, take the younger ones here, take the older ones there. Take, and so it's, but it's a, uh, you know, it's the first week, always getting our feet wet, but the kids are happy. We've Every day has been, you know, they've come home with new things and they're excited for the beginning of school. Uh, even the young three-year-olds going to preschool is uh, having a blast. And you know what? That is what life and family is all about, man. So we are, we are just savoring the beauty of it all. I got to ask a question. Uh, your response brought up a question in my mind. So what else is new? Uh, have you ever discussed? personal safety and school safety with your kids and if you have how did that conversation go for you guys well we have some you know I, most recently um just a little tip uh it was funny that you, you asked that question because yesterday we we're driving home with my uh my son who's four uh he's been through a year of preschool already and i'm his little uh, cousin my niece uh, is three and she, this is her first year. And so he's playing big brother right now. He's telling her to show her the ropes, how it goes, you know, and, and one of the things that in this case that was funny for us that they were doing the fire safety drill, not necessarily a per, uh, you know, uh, what we're talking about with Catholic, uh, with, uh, Miss Beatty, but, but anyway, we were talking about, uh, with my three-year-old niece, uh, do you know why the drill is important? Do you understand why you know, your teacher needs to do this? You know, and and my son, you know, the funny thing was I asked my son what the drill is about and asked him to explain it, and then ask. And I was instead of me telling my net my niece what I wanted to tell her, I was asking my son questions that he would answer and then relay to my niece what was going on and. You know, we learn best by teaching others uh, what we know. Even if we, even, even if that's how we're still learning, we learn best by, you know, when we try to pass that information forward is how we learn best. It was good to hear my son explain everything, uh, why the purpose. You know, when we leave the class, we have to hold a rope, and the teacher is going to lead us out of class, and all these things are going on. And so, yes, uh, we have to have those questions. I think what I want to talk about with uh, – Miss Beatty, most importantly, is my older daughters, you know, especially as she talks about safety. I would like to hear her thoughts because sometimes we talk, we have the thing about uh, personal space. And I have a daughter who is, her love language is physical touch. So we need to talk with her consistently about what it means to be safe and to be aware of her surroundings. Well, being aware of her surroundings, our surroundings is a very key point, Zeke, and I'm glad that you brought that up this morning, and that is something that we'll definitely talk to Kathleen Beatty about when she gets on with us, is that our personal space has expanded with the wired world that we are now in. So we have, uh, obviously, Facebook and Twitter and the Internet as we uh, look at all these things. And we are uh, inundated with messages and transactions that we have not always had to deal with. So the idea, I think, Zeke, of personal space has even changed. What are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, it has to be. Um, I mean, when I look about uh, the time when we were growing up rich and, uh, you know, we didn't have some of the concerns. The, the concerns were there, but they weren't as... 
my my observation is that those concerns were not as um, if I can say tolerated or embraced as they are you know we have redefined so many things when it comes to uh, what are acceptable acceptable behaviors in culture that have redefined also what that personal space and those kind of uh, discussions tend to be and so we are at a heightened alert even more than we could have ever imagined in a just as simple as 10 15 20 years ago that um, now the way we talk to the way i talk to my daughters and my nieces and so forth or even my my son and my nephews have to be uh, in a way that uh, really grants them the permission to start to establish quite early than we would have thought about when we were kids. I mean, when we were kids, we were going, my, my, my mom and dad would let me go out and play with my bike all day long in the streets, you know, and and uh, they knew I was safe. And when I came back at 6 o'clock in the evening, they on go take a shower, get ready for dinner, those kind of things. Now, I mean, just the next door neighbor, our, our the contents of our conversations are so diverse that I, I don't even trust my next door neighbor to discipline my child, much less talk to them about anything regarding safety or, you know, in other words, lend them that, that, that freedom to be a part of my child's life in that context. So <laughs> the, 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 the drama of what has changed in our conversation is so vast, and I can't wait to have that kind of conversation with uh, Ms. Beatty as well. Well, I think that you brought up the key point about how things have changed so much and how the conversations have changed. The phrase that comes to mind for me is street smart, and I believe that's what Kathleen Beatty is going to tell us about, and she's waiting on the line for us right now. Let me tell you a little bit more about our guest today. As an author, journalist, and motivational speaker, Kathleen Beatty herself was the victim of a kidnap attempt at Knife Point by an obsessive stalker. So she has some personal experience with these issues. After 15 years of living like a hunted animal, she came to the realization that living weak and in fear was going to destroy her if she didn't turn that negative into a positive. Now, that meant becoming proactive. She decided to use her hard-won knowledge and trial-by-fire skills as a lesson for women everywhere, where if she could prevent just one woman from becoming a crime victim like herself, it would all be worth it. Please welcome Kathleen Beatty, the safety chick, to Motivation with a Purpose Radio. Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Kathleen, let's dive right into this and... Give us a good definition of personal safety. What is that? Well, it's, it's, it's just that. It's, it's personal. It's what makes you feel comfortable. And, and the key to all of it is just to make the decision to care about your personal safety. So really every aspect, it's a lifestyle choice. And it's, it's making the decision to, you know, be aware of your surroundings, taking the steps needed to you know, build a perimeter of safety around you, both virtually and physically. And, you know, knowledge is power, really taking the time to educate yourself on, on all of the potential crimes that are out there and the way, the ways that you can take action and stay safe. Uh, Kathleen, as you talk about that and you give us that definition, this is Zeke here. And again, welcome to the microphone with us this morning. But uh, give us an opportunity of what in your time and your view as you go about speaking to different people, what what has been the transition, especially if I just look at the last maybe 20, 30, 40, 50 years, what are you hearing out there as an expert in what has uh, been the difference in these recent years when it comes to the definition you just give us? Well, here's the thing, a couple things. Crime has always been there, and it's not necessarily, you know, we we always try to say, oh, it's the work, you know, it's always been there. there, there I think the factor also is with the advance in, as you guys were talking, I heard you talking about it, with the advance in social media and media itself and broadcasting, you know, obviously the news and information is getting out there in a much bigger way. You hear about things that you wouldn't have heard about 20 years ago. It, it still happened then, but you just didn't hear about it. Now you hear about everything to the nth degree, and I think there's a couple of problems with our media that, that they do scare the hell out of us. I mean, it's the most... Watching a newscast is like watching a train wreck. You know, it's just so negative. And I think that it, it, it gets us all 
you know, neurotic, paranoid, panicky. And, and, and that's really why I decided to, to really take what happened to me and turn it into a positive because I believe that people out there, especially women, you know, we don't respond to fear. We respond to sex in the city, you go girl, desperate housewives, Charlie's angels, you know, that's how personal safety and crime prevention should be presented. And I think, um, you know, just the combination of the media and, and honestly, yes, there are more crimes out there in the sense that, you know, where we're dealing with date rape drugs, we're dealing with, you know, internet fraud, identity theft, all of those different things that come from an advancing society and technology. So it's just learning the new ways that, that, that criminals uh, do their work and then taking the steps to protect yourself. Kathleen, what made, tell us a little bit more about what made you make that switch from being a victim to being proactive? Because that can be a, it is. That can be a hard thing. I'm glad you're asking me. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm glad you're asking me that question. But, you know, I truly, I, I was stalked for a period of almost 15 years. And it was at the time it was a guy I'd gone to high school with. I had no relationship with him. He started stalking me my junior year of college. And at the time, there were no laws on the books that made stalking. There wasn't even the word stalking. And the police, you know, he'd show up at my door with semi-automatic weapons and knives and handcuffs. I mean, seriously, it was this cat and mouse game that I lived for years. And the police said, look, until he lays a hand on you, there's nothing really we can do. And so there was just a constant violation of restraining order. You go to prison for, or jail for a short period of time. And so really over the years, I had to learn every possible aspect of personal safety, how to protect my you know, personal information, how to secure my home inside and out, you know, self-defense, all of that stuff, just to stay alive. So, you know, my 20s were filled with that type of lifestyle. And so um, in May of 90, he came into my house and um, surprised me and, and held me hostage, tied, it, tied me up, took me out at gunpoint, actually. And the police arrived, and there was a big police standoff. And luckily, I escaped unharmed, and he went off to prison. I was contacted shortly thereafter by a state senator out of Orange County, California, Ed Royce, who was trying to pass the nation's first anti-stalking laws. And he asked if I would go up and testify in front of the state Senate because all of the victims that he knew were dead. I was the only victim they knew of that was alive. Oh, my. And so, and my background was in, I went to UCLA, I was in television, I, I am in television, I'm, you know, I'm broadcast and I'm comfortable public speaking. So it just was a natural fit for me. And I, I remember going up uh, at the state senate and, and sitting there in front of, you know, the, the whole the whole group and and just calmly reliving, you know, the last eight years of my life, all the different arrests and everything, and the law passed unanimously that day. And it was like a huge weight was lifted off my shoulders that day. And we went on to, you know, I became basically the spokesperson for the law, and I went on every national talk show known to man to get the word out and now the law is in all the states. And then Ed Royce in 96 was elected to U.S. Congress. And so we went back and passed the first federal law as well. So and then I started training law enforcement and I worked with a group. Um, we formed the Association of Threat, Assess- Threat Assessment Professionals. And, you know, it's just grown so much, obviously. But um, the reason that I, I started Stacy Chick and the whole thing is over the years, I trained, you know, I've, I've learned so much and I've, I've sat in on conferences and, and heard from the experts in school shootings and domestic violence and, you know, just every possible aspect. But everything that I'd ever read about personal safety was always so negative and daunting. And I just felt like, you know, that's not the way to do it. And so I really wanted to, my mission and my passion has been to change the way that we market and sell and distribute personal safety and crime prevention. And so that's, you know, that's how I started Safety Chip. Kathleen, I mean, thanks for sharing uh, a bit of your story that we might get into that a little bit later. I, I think it's intriguing. I'm pretty sure our guests would like to know more about the incident and that day. But allow me first, before we get to that point down the road, to uh, ask you to give us some insight insight into the laws that you because when you say the law honestly even as a host here and talking and on this subject matter i am still a little vague as to what when you say the laws that have been passed so if you can give us maybe we'll top one two or three things that you've you know when it comes to the laws what laws are there that we can really uh, you're speaking of that you have been a part of uh formulating with with when it, when it comes to this topic 
Right. Well, you know, first of all, in again, there there was no back in the nineties. There there was no term for this behavior. And so um, after, I don't know if you remember Rebecca Schaefer. She was an actress that was on My Sister Stan, that, that sitcom a long time ago. She was murdered by a stalker. And so it really brought this whole crime. He had, he had been writing letters to her, and um, it was actually um, a movie studio that was getting the letters, the director of security there, and they did not tell her about the letters. And that was the biggest mistake they could ever do because she had no idea that this guy uh, was fixated on her and, and stalking her. And so he was able to get all the way to her front door. And she came down because the buzzer was broken or something like that. And she came down to get a package, which she thought. She opened the door and he, he shot her multiple times and killed her right there. And so that was at the same time as I actually was kidnapped. So the problem in the past was that all you could do is get a restraining order. And hopefully, you know, in my case, he would be picked up on violating restraining order, but he'd only go to jail for, you know, 60 days, and then he'd be out on probation. And, you know, the, the true problem is the only time a stalking victim really is safe is when their stalker is behind bars. So the longer you can put these guys away, the safer the, the victims are. So the laws started in California, and what it was, you, you, the problem, you know, you have to prove, because it's your word against theirs, so you really have to prove a laundry list of behavior in order to get someone arrested for stalking. So it's up to you, the victim, uh, to be like your own case manager. I mean, you have to document everything. You have to um, save all the evidence. You have to get down to the police station and file a police report every single time an incident happens. And it slowly grows to the point where, and then you try to get a restraining order in some cases. And then finally it gets to the point where the police actually have something that they can arrest the person on. And in the past, again, there wasn't anything like that. So there's kind of two-fold to this because, like I said, I, I know what it's like to live in fear, and it is, it's debilitating. It's the most horrific way to live your life. And the listeners out there, I mean, anybody that's ever, that, that is living it, you know it. And it's, it's, it really is debilitating. But what is so important to understand about that is when you start taking the steps, you know, you, you feel so helpless. You just feel like you want to you know, crawl in a corner and suck your thumb. You're just such in fear that this guy's going to show up and show up and show up. But taking the bull by the horns and really becoming your own case manager and taking the steps to secure your home and then start documenting and working with the police, it empowers you. And that's, you know, that's getting your power back and realizing that you can do something about it. And then if switch goes off, that it's, you're not so fearful. You're more just handling it. And it's, you know, it really is a positive thing to do for yourself, and it really is the way that you want to live your life. So, Kathleen, before we go to break, I want to ask a question. Is there a difference in the way men and women look at personal safety and respond to this overall stalking issue? Absolutely 1,000%. Very, very different. Men, and I was married to um, an, an NFL athlete, 6'6", 250, you know, and so men as a whole live, you know, don't, don't live in fear. I mean, women deal with so many other things you know, on, on a daily basis that men never deal with in terms of personal safety. And so there is a false sense of security with men um, that they don't have to care about their personal safety. And I think that's a huge mistake because crime happens to everybody. They know It knows no boundaries. It knows no gender. It knows no demographic. All types of crime happens to all types of people. So um, women, you know, have more to be concerned with, obviously. You know, rape and assault and all of that, and men generally don't. But the point is, because of that, false sense of security that men have, I, I really do believe, or they have that macho where they're, you know, going to protect their woman kind of thing. And so it, it's, it's twofold, but certainly men do not have that innate fear or heightened sense of, you know, security, you know, caring about your security that, that women do. Right, right. More with Kathleen Beatty, the safety chick, on Motivation with a Purpose right after this timeout. You're listening to Motivation with a Purpose Radio on TalkZone.com. 
back to your hosts, Rich Hallstrom and Zeke Bambolo. Yes, yes, good morning. This wonderful Friday morning in the Pacific Northwest, at least, and you may be elsewhere, and the day has traveled a little further along, but that's okay. It is Friday, and we are here talking with Kathleen Beatty. She is our guest and the author of College Safety 101 as we discuss the topic of personal safety. And Kathleen, as we come back to the, our discussion, uh, we want you to kind of start to, I mean, there are a, young, a lot of young women now going back to school is that time of the year, especially from a, on a college campus type scenario. Uh, what can you tell us about safety principles for, for colleges to begin with? And let's see if we can progress along this way in, 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 in a, at different levels. But let's start with college campuses. What are some things you can help us understand? Well, first of all, the, you know, police and safety experts call the first two to three months of college the red zone. And they call it that for a reason, because for many young students, it's their first time away from home and their first taste of freedom. And the problem is a lot of them have come from small towns or wherever they've come from, but they don't have the street smart that, you know, you need to when you first go live on your own. And so, it's, you know, for many of them, it's a lot of drinking, a lot of, you know, for their first time, and so they, they don't know how to handle alcohol and it's just really that is where the danger lies truly is in drinking because that, you know, all the, the accidents, the rapes, the, the deaths come from based on overindulging in alcohol. And so really hammering that home with kids and to really encourage them to just be responsible drinkers um, is kind of the base of everything. And also realizing that, you know, you, you might be in a dorm or wh- wherever you're staying, but you get a false sense of security living in a dorm. And you have to realize that it isn't home. It's a group of hundreds of strangers that are under one roof. So you have to be very cognizant that you, you know, you can't leave your door open and go down to the restroom. You can't, it's, you have to think of it like your home and, you know, you have to make sure to lock your stuff up and, you know, be very aware. So it's just really encouraging kids to make the smart personal safety choices and also always have a buddy. You know, it's, it's, I cannot stand hearing about the girls that are drunk, that are left behind at a bar and they're walking home by themselves at two o'clock in the morning. I mean, it just is unconscionable to me how you could ever leave a girlfriend by herself. I mean, what happened to Natalie Holloway still, that was, that was, you know, a prime example. She's gone to high school with these girls. It was their senior trip. You know, they're in a foreign country, and they're at a bar. Everyone's all drinking. And they let her leave by herself with three strangers. And it's the point is, you just can't do it. And I call it the code of the safety chick sisterhood. You have got to have each other's back. You have got to be there for each other. You know, make sure, plan your dive, dive your plan. Make sure if you're all going to go to a party, you get all get home from the party safely and together. And that's, that's really the keys to, to staying safe the, the first couple months in college. Okay, Kathleen, that leads me to one very important question. We're away from home at college. How do we develop those right friendships and those right connections so we can have that buddy system? So how do we, how do, we do that? If I'm away from home for the very first time, uh, I don't know anybody how do I get to know people without uh, putting my personal safety in danger? Well, I mean, you know, you, you join groups. There's a lot of different groups that you can join on campus. It's sorority, um, you know, the, the different organizations, the clubs, um, you know, and your roommates. And, and you just develop different groups of people that you have things in common with that, that are positive. And you have to trust your gut instinct. And you also have to have respect for yourself and understand who you want to be and the type of people that you want to surround yourself with. And it really is building bonds with people for the rest of your life. What kind of friend do you want to be and what kind of friends do you want around you for the rest of your life? Because, you know, let's be honest, mostly people that make friends in high school, you know, you might stay in touch with a few, but the friends that you really make that that continue on through your entire life are a lot of times the friends that you make in college. So it right. really is 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 up to you. 
Kathleen, this is Zeke here again, and uh, I want to make this a little personal for you. And I kind of uh, so permit me to invade your private space a little bit as you talk about this. You just, you just. <laughs> I, think uh, I, hardly, I hardly know yet. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. That's why I got to ask. At least I'm being, I'm being generous and asking a question, but you are on public radio. You know, we talk here. <laughs> but, but, but yes, Go I'm going to ask it before me. You, you made a, you made a key point there. You made a key point by stressing the value system in terms of knowing what your personal values are. You know, going through college, you know, yes, I, I mean, I came from West Africa. I came from a place where I absolutely knew new American, no American systems. I didn't know, you know, I mean, when the guys were going to party, to party out and, and play and do those things at nighttime, you know, on the weekends, Kathleen, I was in the lobby of the dormitory, uh, you know, uh, 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 how you call it, a co-ed dormitory, as a matter of fact, but I was in the lobby watching Bonanza, okay? That was my routine. <laughs> I didn't want to. I didn't want to go to the keggers. I didn't want to go do those things. Not that I was perfect, but I had those value systems that said, you know what, I am not going to put myself in a compromising position, even as a male, where someone you know wants to get into a fight or a brawl, and, and you know, and some of my buddies will get mad. My Zeke, why were you out there to fight with us? Like, why would I, I'm not that? Why would I do that? You know. So, I want you to go back for us. And tell us now, talking about value systems and what you went through as a young lady, what do you think, could you give us an indication of what are you, how your value system factored into, you know, this whole stalking situation that you had to deal with? Was it just making it personal for us because that's where our audience get the best lessons when they can hear our personal experiences and stories really relayed that way. Can you help us in that, in that manner? Well, yes. You know, the, for me, you know, being stalked by this this guy and, you know, again, having to learn every aspect of personal safety, that was a part of my life. But, you know, I was at, I was at UCLA. I was, a, I was a UCLA cheerleader. I was in a sorority. I was very active. And I, you know, I was a dancer. And I, I didn't, I still did everything I wanted to do. I still was very active and outgoing. I just was always looking over my shoulder, um, which... I had to do, but I didn't let that affect any activities that I did. Um, that being said, I, if you're talking about, you know, partying and sex and all that stuff, I, I'm a, again, I'm a big believer in making smart personal safety choices. And what's, and, and personal safety is, is just that. It's personal. It, it's what makes you feel comfortable. But this is what I tell um, young women about guys and, and the whole thing is, is the bottom line is this. If you don't want to have sex with a guy, you can't go back to his dorm and think you're just going to make out. That, you've got to be responsible because at the end of the day, you know, making out, everyone's in bed, whatever, you know, guys don't always get that. It, it just, it just leaves yourself open to, to all kinds of stuff. So, you have to be respectful of the situation too. And, and, you know, it kind of, it's funny. I have all boys. And I have three boys, 21, 17, and 13, all football players, you know, everything. and I have to tell you, I've watched women, I've watched girls victimize the guys and put them in compromising situations. You know, many times in this society, we've seen the girls, you know, saying later down, you know, complaining of date rape and different things, which, Listen, it's all real. I would never, ever suggest that, you know, um, date rape doesn't happen. But there also are a lot of very disturbed young women out there as well. And so the guys have to be aware. My, my, my Like I said, my boys are football players. They're very good football players. They're high-profile football players. they got to watch out for that as well, the setup. You know, it's just our society is filled with all different types of um dangers and you know again we can get into how why i think that's true i think a lot of it has to do with the fact with twitter with facebook and whatever our kids in texting our kids are not learning how to socialize correctly at all but that you know that being said we can talk about that in a a minute the point is being responsible for your own actions and what i find in in our society in the last god 20 years is that We've gotten, we're teaching these kids, everyone's equal, everyone gets a trophy, everyone, and, and, and no one's responsible for their actions. And that really, I believe, has led a lot to why young women are putting themselves in the positions they do, you know, why things happen like that. And if you look at 
MTV. If you look at MTV, if you look at any, I mean, Jersey Shore. I mean, these kids are being programmed at a young age that the way to socialize is to, to get absolutely wasted and sleep with as many people as you can. And let's, let's talk about rap. I mean, you know, who knew that being a hooker was, the, you know, the stripper was the greatest thing ever. I mean, that right. is what these kids have been fed for years. And so the problem is, is internally, you know, we're not wired like that. Even the, the young women aren't wired like that. It's a, it's a conflict. So they're trying to live this fake life that they see on TV and that they have been fed through our, through our you know, the, the socialized, social culture. Um, but internally, it doesn't feel right. So that's why a lot of these adolescent girls are having such a hard time. That's why with the Facebook, you hear of the suicide, all of that. It's because we're not, they're not being true to themselves. They're not having respect for themselves. And that's truly where it all starts. It's just having that confidence within yourself that, that you want to be the best that you can be. Kathleen, you are so right. And uh, as, a, as an addition to what you just said there, you know, um, Indeed, we, for me, uh, and what I, as, as an author and, and speaker as well as you are, we focus on multi-generational family legacy. And one of the things that we really stress in our seminars and everything is defining for, because it's a bigger problem than you, I mean, we were talking about something specific right now with young ladies, but it's a bigger problem from a cultural standpoint that you have just very well uh, articulated so well. And it's, we talk about a statement of identity and vision. That we as parents, we don't want to make, make, if parents are listening, we don't want to kind of make you think that you kind of have the free pass today because this is also on our parents out there to realize what's being said. What Kathleen is talking about is that there is a value system that has been set long before. And if we don't want the MTV culture and all these things, then we have to set a statement of identity and vision that portrays that for our children through our exemplary living and then into their own lives as they take ownership as well. But it is about the value system that they leave our homes with that, you know what, when I got there on a, on a campus away from Africa where my parents were thousands of miles away and I couldn't call them except for maybe once a year, hey, I had to have something that got, that was my guide towards identifying my friends here and there and so forth. And I think that value system is so important. But more important, even, even more to that is that, okay, look, uh, at the end of the day, it comes down to the fact that there are groups like what is, you know, in my as a Christian, Baptist Student Union was a big thing for us. Uh, it doesn't mean that I was, again, a perfect kid not chasing girls, but that still kept me somehow connected to the positive side, the values of life. And there, you know, there are different things there, the Campus Crusade and all those other things are available that you can find the right friends a lot quicker than Finding, trying to sift through all the mess to find out who should I be hanging out with or who I shouldn't be hanging out with. You know, Rich, what do you think? I think that's a perfect way of summing it up uh, because we are defined at least somewhat by the groups that we associate ourselves with because I think, uh, Kathleen, you'll back me up on this. People that we are similar to in a lot of ways are the people that we hang out with. So it really does take a moment of personal examination, like you were talking about earlier, personal safety, personal choices, personal safety is what makes you safe in the environment that you find yourself in on an everyday basis. You know, I always say this, caring about your personal safety is the greatest gift you can give yourself because it translates into every aspect of your life. It makes you a better parent. It makes you a better friend. It makes you a better coworker. It makes you, it makes you thrive because it's all part and parcel to a lifestyle choice to how you want to live your life. And so, you know, I want to be careful not to, you know, do the group thing and saying, you know, um, while well, I'm a believer and, and I'm, I'm not saying this, but, you know, doing the Christian thing or the Christian groups or whatever, you, it's not even necessarily groups because, you know, you, the world is your oyster. You can belong to many, you can have many different hobbies, many different interests, and, and have many different friends. I have so many different types of friends, you know what I mean, in, in all different, with all different backgrounds, different interests. And, it's, you know, how boring would life be if we all had the same type of friends and did the same things? I mean, our life experiences and what makes it great is to learn from other people and other cultures and other interests and hobbies and so 
more so than even groups, it really is about respecting yourself. And honestly, the, the, one of the biggest things that I didn't mention before is our, this whole generation and for the last, you know, few years, I really believe that these kids are so insecure because we've, our society is so competitive. I mean, if you have kids going off to college, I mean, you can't believe the GPAs and, and the schedules that these kids are on. I mean, and again, my kids are athletes, so you can't even, you can imagine the hours and the, the, the work, you know, combined with the homework. And, you know, my middle son is a, um, he's, a he's going to be a, he's a senior and he's, he's looking at the Ivy Leagues. And so to get those grades, to get, is just hours. And these kids are stretched so thin. And they're all so insecure because everyone's judging everyone, everyone, you know, and, and our society is doing it to, to, to our, you know, we're doing it to ourselves. And so really it's about giving these kids confidence because when you have confidence, you know, you're able to make the strong choices. You're able to exude that positive, proactive, empowered feeling and either, you know, you attract what you give off, right? So the more, I, I, I really believe that that is the key when you're raising your kids. If you can just give them that confidence and respect for themselves, it all translates into what we're talking about. More with Kathleen Beatty, the safety chick, after this time out on Motivation with a Purpose. It's time for more Motivation with a Purpose Radio on TalkZone.com. Now, back to your hosts, Rich Hallstrom and Zeke Bambolo. Yes, yes, indeed. We're back here on uh, Motivation with a Purpose here on TalkZone.com, and we are speaking with Kathleen Baby, the safety chick. And she is telling us some, uh, some good information here that I can't say, I can't stress enough how important her topic matter, uh, subject matter is. Kathleen, as we uh, break back into uh, your insight here on this topic, let me uh, throw a little bit of my, you know, I have a, a daughter, you know, pretty, at this age, she's, she's about eight right now, and, uh, and a niece about the same age. My daughter, for example, is, I mean, love languages, when it comes to love languages, she is physical touch all the way. She loves her hugs and everything, and every once in a while, I mean, we have to make sure that she maintains understanding this whole discussion of safety from her personal space and even though that she she really much uh how do i say the word she she thrives so much on getting that that hug even not just from dad and mom but from good people that she knows uh we have to teach her as a young lady especially and my niece that look you can't just go on trying to hug and even if you know them well you can't just go on trying to hug people i mean Again, when you talk about personal space, as we teach new values to young people, that's kind of a very important discussion for me as a, as a father. How do I bring my daughter and my niece up to understand what that personal space is at a very young age? Well, you know, the, it, I, the first thing you want to teach your children, um, starting at the playground, is how to, which I believe is the key to personal safety, that the number one thing is, intuition, you know, how to identify your intuitive body signals, because nine times out of ten, if you just paid attention to your innate signals, you would never find yourself in a dangerous setting in the first place. So, you know, a lot of times I, you know, with young kids, they're at school, and they, and they say, oh, that kid's weird, I, that guy's weird, you know, stop and ask them, what what makes that kid weird? Is it is it that they're dressing funny and is it kind of a, you know, a gossipy social thing where you're judging and, and that kind of thing? Or is there more to it? And get them to kind of speak on that because, you know, I often say when I, when I speak to, to young women, what does a bad guy look like? You know, you hear this all the time. And what does a bad guy look like? And they'll say, oh, you know, uh, rides a motorcycle, wears leather, has a pierced ear, has tattoos. And I'm like, well, that, that's kind of like, you know, half the guys I dated. No, I'm just kidding. But um, so the key is it's not a bad guy could look like your, your brother, your uncle, your dad, your next-door neighbor. It's what's in their eyes. It's what's in your gut when you meet them. There's an energy about people that are 
that are wishing to do your harm or that aren't quite right that comes off. Think of Ted Bundy. You know, he was a great-looking guy, but inside, you know, he, he was a obviously a vile, broken, um, dangerous person. And so instilling in your, you know, children at a young age how to identify and pay attention to how they feel, whether it's the tightening of their stomach or the chill down their spine or the hair on the back of their neck, those things mean something. And so you want to give them the tools to assess their own because that is the key. We're not always going to be there. And the greatest gift that you can give your child is that, you know, to listen to their gut and listen to their intuitive body signals, you know, in that sense. In terms of personal space, gosh, you know, it kind of makes me sad. Why can't she go and hug anybody? You know what I mean? I, I, I just... I don't think that people have to change their behavior. It's, you know, if she's a loving, outgoing person and wants to give somebody a hug, I mean, that's great. I think what you're more worried about is her giving off a vibe or getting with someone, giving them mixed signals, and then possibly becoming, what, raped or a crime victim? What is it that you're, what is it that you're concerned about with that? Well, I, I think it, the first thing is that where we've come with, where we've come as a culture, especially, you know, and talking about how people perceive or receive signals is very important. And I want to teach an educator as early, early on or educate either one of them early on to realize that, hey, um, it's not just at this point in time, this time, this day and age. It's not just an okay thing. Just go out there and give someone a hug, just because you know what I felt like. You know, giving them. You have to be careful and try to understand that if you are just like you talk about the MTP culture and everything. You gave certain signals. People kind of perceive them differently than what you really intend them to be, and they take so, yeah, a, a freedom. They take, they take a liberty on a that. Guy on. Are you me? worried about? I'm sorry. Are you you're worried about her possibly like when she gets a little older, leading a guy, leading a boy on, or giving him the wrong signals? Is that what you're worried about? At the end of the day, that's what. Yeah, when they're older and they get to that point, by the way they've learned to comport themselves, will they, will help determine exactly to give that signal to any young fellow, or any other young boy out there, or older, that look, this is not the person that you think I am because I am because I love because I'm affectionate and and I love to to hug doesn't mean that I was, I'm willing to give myself over or any other thing of that nature. So yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. down the road. How is that going to impact her down the road? And that's precisely why. You start at a young age to instill in them, how do, I, how do I identify, how do I assess other people? How do I pay attention to my intuitive body signals when I meet someone? And, you know, how do I um, want to protect myself? And, and you have to teach them to respect themselves and their choices. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, to be responsible for your own actions. And so... The, what you're saying is what I've been suggesting the whole time is, is innately building them that self-respect and confidence, you know, within them. And so, you know, they're going to make their choices down the road. They're, 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 that, that's how it's going to be. I mean, starting in junior high, high school. So instilling in them to care about themselves, care about their personal safety, learning to assess situations, learning to make smart personal safety choices, and learning how to listen to their intuitive body signals will flush all that out and will keep her from getting in those situations. Kathleen, what is the first – I'm going to break it – I want to break it down this way. Um, what are three principles you want parents to teach their elementary school kids about personal safety on that level at the elementary school and then – we're going to go up the line. We'll go up the line, but let's start with three personal safety principles for elementary age kids that parents should be drilling into their kids right now as they return back to school. Well, number one is like I said, learning to identify their intuitive body signal, intuition, and again, you can do it as a just kind of as a game. If you hear say, you know, so and so is weird or so and so is in my class, stop them. And, and ask those questions, you know, what makes them weird? And then if they're saying, well, God, I don't know, it's the way he looks at me, it's the way he talks to me, you know, say, that's interesting. And, and why, you know, and say, good, good that you're paying attention to those versus, 
oh, I don't like the way they dress. I don't. And then, you know, because that is a really bad road that you don't want your kids to go down. You know, that, that, that is what is breeding all of this, is that negative, judgmental, gossip, backstabbing kind of lifestyle. So, um, you know, again, that's where it starts in that intuitive body signal. Number two is to really um, be responsible getting from point A to point B, meaning being aware of their surroundings, you know, strangers. Adults do not ask children for help, number one. Adults don't ask children for help. So if a child is out and an adult isn't approaching them, their red flags should go up, 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 up. And so, you know, no one's gonna, no adult's going to come and ask you to look for a puppy. No adult's going to come to you and, you know, ask you for directions. Instilling them not to be paranoid because it's not about being paranoid. It's about being smart. And so it's, it's really empowering them with confidence, not not scare tactics, not the stranger, pedophile, all that. That's not the way to do it. The way to do it is to give them kudos for, for um, being aware. Um, so, so number one is the gut. Number two is being aware of their surroundings, getting from point A to point B. Three is the, you know, the stranger danger kind of thing. It's just to be aware that adults do not ask children for help. That sounds like a great idea, Zeke. Great conversation so far. Uh, what do you think that you are learning so far today, Zeke? Well, uh, in, indeed, uh, I think these are uh, what I like that uh, is being echoed to some extent, and I would uh, personally see it as a way to handle these kind of issues in my own family and in my for my children is really going back to educating my children on the value system that we condone as a family. Uh, is talking about, you know, the things that will eventually guide their decisions about who their friends are or who are those people that are, that they feel are comfortable being around and aren't comfortable being around. And, uh, and I know at the end of the day, it's not the end all. It's not, doesn't give the exact answer to avoiding such a, a tragic situation if that were to occur. But all we can do is provide as best as we can as many tools that they can use to be able to discern as clearly as possible. And it comes back to our value systems and what we have exemplified before our children, especially looking at my wife's behavior. How does she dress? How modest does she dress? How does she behave? You know, my daughter has to take, and my niece has to take their cues, in this case, uh, from their mothers especially. And and it's so it's a bigger process that begins with values, starting with especially adults. What have we important, what have we given our children? as cues that they can use down the road to protect themselves. I think I don't think you can get away from that discussion. I think one of the things that uh, Kathleen also said earlier about adults do not ask children for assistance or help. And I've never quite heard it be put that way, but I think that's one of the best things that you have said so far this morning, Kathleen, is that adults do not ask children for help and be aware of your surroundings and be aware of your, be aware and trust your personal instincts. Now, as we uh, get toward the end of the program, what kids be doing in high school for personal safety? Let's bring it up a level. High school is, is tough and that's where you get into the whole social media aspect of things as well. And, and that's where you really have to understand that. And the fourth thing to go back to the elementary school thing is that you have to be responsible for your actions. That's, that's, that goes part and parcel to caring about your personal safety and being responsible for your personal safety choices. That starts at a young age as well. You know, the consequences to it. So that was the fourth one there. Sorry about that. So moving into high school, you know, when you're talking about social media and you hear this all the time, this false sense of, um, you know, anonymity that you think you have when you're Facebook or texting or Twittering or, or, or sexting or whatever, that if you, if you send it out into the Internet, it's not traceable or if you hit a race. And the point is what, what we see adults do the same thing, Right. Point is, mm-hmm. when you hit send, it's out there permanently for God and everyone to see forever and always. And that's the bottom line. 
what's happening is that these kids are not thinking clearly. And, you know, you know the whole cyberbullying. We hear about it all the time. And it's because everybody thinks that they can operate in this cloak of darkness and, you know, say whatever they want, do whatever they want. And that's just not the case, as we're seeing time and time and time again. So, as you're saying, it starts with values and teaching these kids, look, you know, you just, you, you cannot speak to people this way. You cannot treat people like this. You cannot, um, you know, say the things that you say on, on Facebook and Twitter and all of that. And bottom line is, it's a crime now. I mean, kids are being prosecuted left and right for uh, posting things on Facebook or whatever that lead to many times a troubled, you know, child's suicide. I mean, we, we, we hear that all the time. We, I, I live in Northern California, and I have a case going on right now of some high school boys that, that um, had been drinking at a party, and a girl was there. She was drunk, passed out, so, to, so they say, and, and um, you know, they were drawing on her, and a couple of guys followed her or whatever, and one of the girls found out about it, and the girl Facebooked you know, the other girl about, I heard what you did and this, that, and the other. And it was actually, the guy was so humiliating to this young girl who was troubled, obviously, that she ended up committing suicide over it. And so, again, it's about teaching your kids to be responsible for their own actions, having respect for themselves and other people, you know. And, and, and so it's, it's those kind of choices and realizing that there are ramifications to your actions, number one. The next thing is, again, the alcohol and the drinking and the date rape drugs. GHB is um, the most, you know, common of the date rape drugs, gamma hydroxybutyrate, and it's odorless, tasteless, it looks like water. And a couple drops is the equivalent to, you know, I worked with them, Project GHB, GHB, Trinka Parada is, is, is an expert in this. She's an amazing woman. And she, she equates it at one beer... With a couple of drops of um, GHB in it is the equivalent to five beers with a sprinkling of um, angel dust PCP on the top. I mean, that's how strong this stuff is. And so being responsible at parties and really teaching young women, it doesn't matter even if they're drinking water. You know, you have to be aware that these things exist. So now in high school, it's, it's the parties, it's the socializing. You have to learn. You know, I, I have chapters in my book and I sell date rate posters that test for GHB and lohypnol, but it's party girl, watch your cocktail. And you just want to make sure that you are always paying attention and when you're at these parties, not taking a drink out of an open punch bowl. Don't, you know, if you haven't seen the, the drink be poured, don't, don't, you know, don't take it. Bring your own water. Bring your own sealed drinks if you're at a huge party. But that's, I think, the kind of the biggest things to be concerned with with kids in high school. Okay, Kathleen, as we wrap things up, tell us about your book quickly, and thank you once again for being on the show. No problem. My book is College Safety 101, Miss Independence Guide to Empowerment, Confidence, and Staying Safe. Chronicle Books is the publisher. And my website is um, safetychick.com. You can get it on there as well. And, um, yeah, it was great. I, I really enjoyed being on, and I'm sorry for that, that, that uh, doorbell thing, but um, I really enjoyed talking to you guys. No problem. Our guest has been Kathleen Beatty, the safety chick on this edition of Motivation with a Purpose. Tune in next week for another exciting episode right here on TalkZone.com.